1: Blaine
2: and Mickey. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. More
3: ways to win. With Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan
2: on 104.5 The
3: Zone. Let's do this. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy New Year to everybody. My goodness. 2023 is here and uh, wishing you all the greatest health and prosperity and everything that you're wishing for this New Year. Love and happiness and uh May you all eat like Lucas Panzica this year, who uh, eats like a champ everywhere he goes. Speaking of that, we are at, if you're going to eat anywhere, anytime uh, in 2023 or ever, you need to be at the scoreboard bar and grill. I haven't been out here in forever. Uh, I know 3HL, those guys get to hang out here. Ron Slay's already out here eating chicken tenders somewhere because he never misses the chance to uh, hit up the scoreboard and you shouldn't either. Uh, All day show's station going to be here till 6 o'clock. You can come by. You can say, hey. So when you come to the scoreboard, there's, I don't know, they've basically built a second scoreboard onto the scoreboard. And just imagine if you and your buddy said, we're going to build a perfect place to watch sports on TV. That's what they did. Because you can open up all the windows when it's hot outside and when it's cool outside. They can heat it all in here. It is the coolest place. There's a stage in here, and that's where we're hanging out. So you come over here and say uh, hello. We've already eaten. I had a cheeseburger that's the best cheeseburger I've had. I don't even know the last time I had a cheeseburger that good. They got the coldest beer at Nashville. They've got TVs everywhere. There's bowl games on everywhere. Today's one of those five-star kind of days if you're a sports fan because you've got college football all day. You've got NFL football tonight. I mean, you really can't lose. So you're in fantastic shape with the scoreboard. Uh, You can come by here. You can hang out. You can uh, try oil, fire, whiskey. How about that? Uh, you can register to win great prizes. We've got our zone table set up here. They're also giving away a, uh, a tailgate package to the big pro football championship bowl game. You know the one that I'm talking about. If you win, you're going to have your own private viewing party for 20 of your closest family and friends, and that is a big wow because if the scoreboard is involved, everybody's going to ask you uh, who made this delicious food, and you know don't lie and say you did it. You can tell them the truth and say that the scoreboard did. The big news today, Josh Dobbs, named the starter for the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel had spoken a couple of days ago, had been noncommittal, but today he was asked about it, and basically he just said, yeah, Dobbs is the starter so another week for the former UT quarterback to prepare to take on the Jags. And this is one of those rare, Lucas was asking this earlier, has this ever happened in the AFC South if two teams played on the final week and the winner gets to go to the playoffs and has the South? And I guess the Jags still have a couple of backdoor ways to make the playoffs, but essentially this is a win the game, win the South scenario. So Josh Dobbs will get the starter, um, will get the start in the game. Certainly want to hear from you on this. If you want to uh, discuss your thoughts, 615-737-1045, that'll get you in on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Mike Wilson's going to join us, uh, who covers the Tennessee Vols, uh, in about 20 minutes. And uh, I know he hasn't covered them forever, but he may have been there for the end of the Dobbs era. We can ask him about that. We can also ask about the Orange Bowl, blank, because the (laughs) – the vols just went and, uh, in a battle of all orange in the orange bowl, one team
1: certainly out physical and beat up the other. Mm. No doubt about it. Happy New Year's to everybody. And this is just like, uh, scoreboards. It reminds me when I go over your house for, for dinner, uh, your, your patio, man, it's just as big as, it's, it's, your it's spot the exact same. I modeled there, it after so. this. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the you know, Tennessee did exactly what I thought they would do. I was really surprised when, when Lucas and Will were, uh, picking, uh, Clemson, they got caught up in the Clemson hype of four years ago and not this year. The ACC was down. Even though you win the ACC, the Tennessee was maybe you could say was one of the best teams in the SEC. They just had a stinker of a game against South Carolina. They were the better team, even with backups who had played a lot during the season. So that's why I was so confident that the Tennessee would win the game because they were going to beat them in the trenches. And, Clemson's uh, offensive line had nothing. Tennessee's defense looked like they were world beaters, right? Yeah. yeah, see that? So it shows you just the style of playing the SEC versus the ACC, at least as of today, is a little bit different. And uh, they really play really well. Milton uh, did what I thought he would do. I thought he would calm down and, you know, throw some completions uh, deep. Naturally, that's what everybody's watching so uh, I think uh, something to build on as far as he's concerned. And then uh, everybody else will be in place for next season. Uh, I Probably only complaint I have is uh, they still don't rotate the receivers. <laughs> and he, he just doesn't. That's just not his style of what he likes to do. Uh, but uh, to me, with the modern era, the TP, to me, why can't you play uh, a couple guys, at least uh, a couple series a, a game, but uh, even get a taste, especially in a bowl game, where you want to see what they what they have, and then you can coach them up and, and improve on them, and have something to build on with those guys. So other than that, the secondary still looks uh like it's a uh, yeah it needs a lot of help. Other than that, they look really really good. So I, I was uh, not surprised at all, and they did exactly what I thought they were doing. I think Clemson's is on to something with the with Klubnik. You know, I think he's yeah. going to be a really good player. Uh, but you know he's still young, has to go through his lumps and everything else. Uh, as well as their running back, both of their running backs are actually there for Clemson. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I'm excited about what the next year brings and what they can do. It'll be interesting though because how much he can carry over from what he's built. Uh, you know, I think they have to do a little bit better job in recruiting. Uh, he's one with let's just call it what it is with Pruitt's players to me more so than his players. Uh, and Hooker was. Pruitt's player, so people forget about that. They did decide eventually to go to Hooker, but that's not what their first decision was. No, it wasn't. The first decision was Milton, it which was their player. Uh, so at least they wanted to win more than be right. And so I hope that will continue, and then they start getting some better recruits with the, the record that they put up this year and uh, kind of start building a dynasty of where Tennessee should be and on a national map every single year competing for SEC championships and national titles. As the game wore on,
3: you could see, literally, I I just was sitting on the couch. I was at my mom's house, went home to Arkansas, got to visit with some family and friends, ring in the new year. And there were so many Clemson guys who were literally like limping around. They beat them up. The quarterback and the running back, the guys were just beat up. They
1: pounded
3: them for four quarters.
1: Oh yeah, they they beat them in the trenches, and and that's the difference between the SEC and and the ACC and yep. other conferences uh, besides the Big Ten. Uh, I think uh, the size and and the pounding uh, really takes its toll. Though Clemson looks like uh, you know they're still you know a good college team. Yep. Where <laughs> the SEC and Tennessee and crew look like grown men out there. <laughs> so that's that's the big difference. And as time goes on, you you get to see the big difference there, but. uh it was exciting to watch, really. You know, hey, let's just call a spade a spade. Them missing three field goals, going for the fake field goal at the beginning of the game. You know, you do things like that in, in a bowl game, so in your mind it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so I thought, you know, that kind of got the momentum and swing and everything else. And even when they got within seven there, Milton drove right down. They responded to a big-time touchdown to Keaton. So I thought that was uh, also showed some mental toughness and didn't no panic and then we're going to continue to run our offense. And a lot of it is built on their scheme and system, not necessarily the players. Now, the players have to run the scheme and system, but I think their scheme and system, I don't think the SEC really has an answer for them yet unless you say, I got that guy and that guy. And there only so many teams can do that in the SEC, you know, which was South Carolina with their secondary and Georgia. And that and naturally Alabama, who they still beat in a, you know, barn burner shootout. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, – they get some more guys in the trenches. Get the secondary right. Get them up to speed. I think Tennessee will still be competing right where they're at today, and maybe get fortunate enough to to win the ones uh, that they're supposed to win, which is you know the South Carolina game.
3: First eleven win season since two thousand one mm-hmm. uh, in a year where they beat Alabama and Clemson. Uh, they poll inherited a team that went three and seven in twenty twenty the COVID year, and has won eighteen games in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the head coach at Tennessee, you mentioned Clemson and, and, and them getting into UT territory. In nine of their first ten possessions, they got into Tennessee's territory. But
1: they stopped them from getting touchdowns and held them to field goals, which they missed. Yeah. so Another great de- – and by the way, defensive effort by Tennessee was outstanding. I, I thought in this game and uh, Aaron Beasley and, you know, there's, there's a lot of – Really good players, uh, Bryce, I mean, Young. Uh, I mean, so they had some guys, but, man, the defense, you know, play, played solid. I mean, they played well. Ben, but don't break, but they also got after the quarterback. Aaron Beasley. All day.
3: Aaron Beasley had 12 tackles, four
1: tackles for loss, and two sacks. Two sacks, yeah. <laughs> he was Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought there was some doubt in my mind, but I know it always goes to the offensive guys so who should get MVP. Yep. I knew they were going to give it to Miller. I, I thought maybe Squirrel, but especially the way he started the game. But as time went on, they were starting to go in other places. So yeah, the future looks bright there on, on the offensive side. Got to you know get some linemen, you know offensive lineman uh, replaced with the skill guys. I think are pretty much set. You know, and, you know trying to build up you know some of the guys behind them as well. College football playoff game. Both of those games were fun. That never happened. Oh, now They're that both now, fun. Then the Michigan game was a stunner for me. I, I was watching that game, and you know, I, I have a lot of respect. I played TCU, uh, but to think that that they were going to beat Michigan in the way it was a shootout, I did not expect that at all. Uh, I knew they would, could match up skill wise, but in the trenches, they showed a physicality that was uh, really unique and surprising. And I think uh, mentor on defense. Calling all those blitz there and desperation, I, I thought was a little too soon to go that way. And they just kept getting big plays because once you hit a crease, uh, when you're blitzing and everything, you're going to, oh, there's some big plays. But, uh, man, I, I was happy for uh, Coach Mack and the frogs. Yeah. <laughs> the frog, right? So, frog. Yeah. That's
3: all he says. Just to, to
1: think, TCU, who was, I think, unranked when the season started. Uh, so and now to be in the national championship, that's what college football is all about, man. So, and then, uh, you know, hey, Georgia, who's supposed to get there, who took, I mean, a heroic effort, really, <laughs> two times down by 14, right? Something like that. So that was – I was – I, I just knew Georgia was going to win and make it back. I, I'm a big, you know, Stetson Bennett guy, and I, I like the, the whole story and everything else and him beating out a five-star and still keep producing. And, by the way, the coach is sticking by him yep. and, and saying, no, he's the guy. He's the better guy, at least at the college level yep. in our system. Uh, so uh, I want to see him do it again. I really do. But, man, it's it's now it's the underdog TCU versus – and I usually cheer for the underdog. I'm usually Me too. TCU, but I, I just – I don't know about this one here, man. I, ooh, who, who's favorite already? I'm I'm going Georgia. I got to believe Georgia's favorite by at least a touchdown. But, man, I, I love to see Georgia, you know, back-to-back and then Stetson uh, Bennett. Right off into the sunset because I, I would have rode off to the sunset last year and I would have never come back.
3: <laughs> I think that dude was like, hey, man, I can stay here, and make NIL money, and be a superstar for one more yeah. year. Yeah, I think I'll do that. And
1: by the way, both starting quarterbacks, probably TCU and Georgia, probably are not starting NFL quarterbacks. Probably are backup guy type caliber players. Yeah. Uh, which is fascinating, which just shows you how much different college and the pro game is. And they've had exceptional years, by the way. I mean, FanDuel,
3: The guy for TCU had been the starter and wasn't the starter at the beginning he the to win his yeah. job back yeah. Yeah. or yeah. get his job back. 13-and-a-half, yeah. uh, Georgia favored.
1: 13. Ooh,
3: that's a 13-and-a-half, that is yeah. a big number. I- I'll
1: leave that up to, to Joe Hunk to, to figure out uh, who's going to win the game. 13-and-a-half, <laughs> Georgia? Ooh, that's a lot. Oh, man, I think it's going to be another close one. Was that targeting at the end of that game? I would say probably so. Well, <laughs>
3: Hunk is laughing. Was right, that targeting at the end of Hunk is out here? Was that you, targeting? You're talking
1: to a defensive guy who wants to <laughs> knock people's head off. But that one there, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine if they call
3: that. Lucas says targeting. Ron Slay out yeah. here targeting at the end of the Michigan TCU game.
1: Yeah, he's trying to remember.
3: Yeah, he's, I do about Harrison. Oh, yeah. Was that targeting on Harrison? <laughs> yeah. Kirby is still mad from Ohio. Exactly. Man. Yeah. 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 It yeah. just proves again, nobody knows what it is. They
1: can't call it consistently. That's where the human error comes into play. I mean, yep. Even if you replayed it, could they call that play? <laughs> See, that, man. That,
3: that stuff's led there, man. Well, the games were fun. Uh, they really
1: were. They, they, they were exciting. Fun games. It, was man. it fun just because it was a, you know, shootout? So, cause it was a lot of scoring. Cause it, see, some fun people would say, Oh, it's fun. It was score was, uh, 10 to seven. You know, that's like Joe Hunk. He likes 10 seven type scores.
3: I think it's, it's just fun if the games are close. Cause somebody always just gets way late in the, yeah. in that game. That, Sometimes both. So I just wanted the
1: games to be close. I did, I did. But I don't, I don't mind if it's 10 to seven. And typically it's, it's a blowout. Yes. Now, now here's what I need some help with. I think, I know this year's not the the same thing, but like Michigan, like taking off really, I don't know how many days it was, was it a month? Not taking off, but not playing in a game. Yeah. I really think that affects some of these college players and how they prepare for the game. So could you shorten out at least the Final Four, have them play within, let's say, two weeks? That way you still get a semblance of what they were during the regular season. Yeah. Because when I watched them versus Ohio State, Michigan, they look nothing like that team, yep, and we got to remember now we're dealing with eighteen to twenty two now some of them may be like twenty four now these days with all the COVID and everything, but you know I, I just don't know if you think you're going to perform at that same level you were and just pick up especially offensively, where everything is about timing and everything you know defensively you can run around and it's running around, you may blow some assignments here or there, but I think that goes into play because sometimes we start seeing blowouts. I'm like, dang, that team, I can't believe that. And not necessarily this year, but I really think they should have a a shorter window there. Uh, A month? I mean, how long was it? Somewhere like that, three and a half weeks or something? Yeah. Yeah, so that's – like to see it a little sooner than later. And maybe you take out – well, I don't know if they'll ever take out the championship games in the regular season of the conferences. Maybe that could speed up – Speed it up a little bit. If they already ranked in nobody's east, west, north, south, you just rank the one through you, know, whatever in each conference and you know, leave it at that. But they gotta get that money though, of course. They like
3: that cheddar from those yeah, conversations. They, they, they got that Mickey cheddar. It's free money, man. Uh you can come out here and eat good for not a whole lot of money. Uh scoreboard, bar, and grill, that's where we are all day, the zone here until six o'clock. We're in the big, like overflow area. Just imagine again build your, like, dream sports bar where you and your buddies hang out. They basically did that. So why don't you and your buddies come and hang out here? Last big day of college football, come and spend it with us. We got the whole crew out here, and we would love for you to join us. Uh Mike Wilson's going to join us. Now, he won't be here, so he can't have a cheeseburger like I just did, but he's got the latest on the Tennessee Vols after the big win in the Orange Bowl that's coming up next Mike Wilson. Let's
2: see something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me.
3: Right here ma'am how can we help? Gee, same old same old. Wait,
0: we're we're right here ma'am our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not
3: seeing us?
1: Back to the usual I guess. Ma'am can you not see us?
3: Nope, they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus boost get a boost get found get on the map learn more at cumulusboost.com
0: what companies deserve your hard-earned dollar which would you want to work for how can you know if they share your values just ask us just capital is a non-profit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers customers communities the environment and shareholders we measure progress track success and help them be better when you see the just capital seal you know what's real Because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.
3: On Blaine & Mickey. Board, bar, and grill all day. The zone is here until six o'clock. You can come by and have hot food and cold beer and watch bowl games. I mean, a lot of y'all are off work. Why wouldn't you come down here and just hang out at the scoreboard with us? Uh, or three HL, they'll be here after Ron Slays already here. You probably get him to post you up and show you some of his moves. Bring him the headband. He'd yeah, he yeah, he said he going
1: do that drop step. It's too, stab, too hot. Dunk.
3: Okay. Lucas is over there sweating, saying it's perfect. Ron is saying his chicken is too hot. He he said, he said, Ron is soft. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come and witness this firsthand if you dare. Uh, We would love to have you. And uh, you can even register uh, for all kinds of things, including uh, a, Well, I don't think we can say the name of the pro football championship because there's no rights that have been exchanged, but just think of the big bowl game that ends the NFL season every year. They're doing a tailgate package. If you win, you can have a private viewing party for 20 of your closest friends and family, courtesy of Scoreboard. We got Mike Wilson handy. Action Jackson, is he on with us? He is here. Mike Wilson joins us now. Mike, um, happy New Year to you, sir.
2: Happy New Year to you guys as well. I love starting off the year with you guys of all people.
1: Well, we appreciate that, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Joe (laughs) Milton's had a nice start to his new year, MVP. Uh, It was pretty cool just knowing his history at UT, and he gets there and he's the starter, then he's not the starter, and everybody thinks he's going to leave and he doesn't leave. A heck of a story for him to play the way he did in that game and to be rewarded for it. It was just That was one of those Disney-type endings that actually happened for a guy, and it's not his ending at all, but uh, ending to the season anyway.
2: Yeah, and obviously that was the storyline going into this game, was what is Joe Milton going to say in terms of a statement toward next year's quarterback battle? Um, You know, that spot is his. First crack at it belonged to him, and I thought he put his best foot forward thus far. I mean, he was better than he looked in any of his previous outings, uh, especially in extended action. And I thought, really, there were so many points where he showed the things that he can do that, that make him the, the prospect that everyone's always loved, but now you're seeing it kind of become closer to a, a real product opposed to just some skill set stuff. And yeah, I thought that was great for Joe, great for Tennessee, and that certainly is exactly what the Vols wanted to see out of him.
3: So if you're Mike Wilson on the Vols coaching staff, have you seen enough from Milton where you're like, oh, yeah, man, this dude – I mean, he's that's our starter going into everything next year. We feel great. Did you see that much from him?
2: I mean, I think you've definitely seen enough to say he's the clear front runner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Taven Jackson played such limited snaps this year before he got hurt, and I mean, he wasn't really going to be in the mix this year anyway. But you saw so little from him while he took a red shirt this year. Obviously, Nico comes in one of the top prospects in the country, a five-star quarterback. So there's always that that element to well, what's he going to be capable of? But the best-case scenario is Joe Milton's your guy. Uh, it allows Nico to get a year in the offense, learn it, get some playing time throughout the season, and be the dude the following year. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of that perfect progression at quarterback for Tennessee, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's Joe Milton is the guy. There's no question about that. It will never be second-guessed until next season. But I think it's clear that he is easily the front-runner and should be viewed that way throughout the whole offseason.
3: Yeah, his performance certainly did that. Mike Wilson, his performance lands him on with us periodically, including today as we start out 2023, talking to uh, at by Mike Wilson on Twitter, Knoxville News Sentinel. Well,
1: Mike, outside of Joe Milton, actually, which is the headline, and as well as uh, the MVP, uh, what was the, I guess, biggest takeaway outside of that?
2: I thought um, Danico Slaughter in the yes. secondary played yeah. phenomenal football. He did. Um, and, you know, he played a really good game at corner against Kentucky. Wasn't so great at that spot later in the season, but he looks like a guy now that you could say maybe he's one of your starting corners next year. And if Warren Burrell comes back from his surgery healthy that he had early this season, you might now have some answers at cornerback, which was such a weak spot for this team this season. That was big to me. Um, just the way that Danico played. I thought it was good for guys like Byron Young and Darnell Wright to really improve and cement their NFL draft status as well. Um, but, yeah, when you're talking about what Tennessee sees for next season, I thought Danico Slaughter is a headliner in that capacity without, without a doubt. Um, Squirrel White in that conversation, too, had a big-time game as well. Brew McCoy did his thing. So, uh, yeah, there are definitely some other good signs as well out there. Mm. What does
1: what do you think this bowl game win means to not just the balls but the fans, the coaches, the players? Just kind of encompassing all of those things uh, because I, I thought they were going to win the game, and a lot of people who even went to uh, Tennessee, uh, Lisa uh, Lucas and Will, didn't think they were going to win. I thought it was a no-brainer. I thought they were going to win against Clemson because I didn't think the ACC was as strong as the SEC, and uh, you know Tennessee was one of the stronger teams in the SEC this season. So, what does this bowl game mean to Ball Nation?
2: Yeah, I and mean, I think there's a few different layers to that. Just, just off the surface, you're talking about finishing the season on a strong note. Mm-hmm. Um, if Tennessee had lost that game, they would have had three losses in their final five um, between Georgia, South Carolina, and then the bowl game. You want to finish on a high note, and Tennessee was able to do that. And I think that's a big deal. I think the difference from a 10-win to an 11-win season also is pretty substantial. Um, getting to a bowl game and, and leaving with a win like that against a marquee program but I think there's, there's fallout beyond fan base and everything else, too, where you talk about this is, this is a nice recruiting win. This is a win now. Well, I mean, Tennessee's going to go up against Clemson for a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, just regionally, they're, they're close. They're going to have a similar recruiting footprint, and Tennessee now has a nice little leg up to say, hey, we're trending in the right direction, and they might not be. So come play for us. Um, and I, I think that's a really nice thing for, for Tennessee's coaches to be able to hang their hats on moving forward.
1: Well, with Mike Wilson, Knoxville News, and I guess one more for me. I was a little surprised, I guess, at the level of play consistently throughout the game, and that was from the defensive side of the ball. Talk a little bit about what you saw besides Slaughter naturally Aaron Beasley looked really well, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tennessee abused Clemson up front, and that's not – that's not the Clemson offense skill position-wise and offensive line-wise that we've been used to seeing in the past few years. Right, And Tennessee just teed off on them. Uh, I mean, the way that the front seven played, the way that Tim Banks uh, called a really aggressive game was really successful. And that's kind of that defense that when Tennessee was good, they were able to do those things because the back end was always weak this season. And so having a front seven that was able to get pressure was kind of Tennessee's counter to that. And that's what they did. I mean, they made Cade Nick's life look absolutely miserable <laughs> yeah. um, throughout that game. So, I, yeah, that's where the success was for sure. And that, that was a positive um, for Tennessee to leave the season on a high note defensively just because, again, there were a couple of those games late in the season, especially South Carolina. You said, that, golly, that, that defense is struggling. But, yeah, they finished really nicely.
1: We're on with Mike Wilson, Knoxville News, Sydney.
3: Mike, uh, Aaron Beasley, Blaine and I were talking about the game. That dude, he could have been MVP. He had a game for the ages. He had, what, 12 tackles and four tackles for loss and and two sacks. And, uh, you know, I guess this is a guy who you get another year of uh, at a position where we've all kind of had our eye on that ball's linebacker room. But, uh, man, what a fantastic job by Beasley in that game.
2: Yeah, I thought he was the MVP. And that's not to take anything away from Joe Milton, but I, I thought Aaron Beasley set the tone for the game. Yeah. Uh, with the things that he did early defensively, especially. I think he had a sack on the first drive uh, right before that fake field goal attempt, um, if I'm not mistaken, might be mistaken. So late night. Um, Aaron Beasley played phenomenally in that game, and you're right, because that is a position that you wonder what it's going to look like. I mean, Jeremy Banks was arguably Tennessee's best defensive player at points this season. He's gone. Uh, I thought Elijah Herring showed well, and he's a guy that's going to be in that mix moving forward. He's a freshman this year. Yeah, I think that that linebacker unit, the edge unit, Tennessee's got some exciting players there. Uh, Joshua Josephs, James Pierce is those edge guys. That freshman class that, that's rising in the sophomore unit now, I think Tennessee knows it has some talent there that's going to really contribute and make a difference on that defense.
3: Yeah, it, it's interesting because I started thinking, how many games did Pruitt won in, win in three years? He won 16 games in three years. Heupel has won mm-hmm. 18 in two years, and he's done it all when – How many guys jumped in the portal, you know, around the time that he got the job? So he inherited a depleted roster. He inherited a complete mess and an NCAA investigation. To me, that makes what he's done even more impressive. It's impressive enough that, you know, they did something that hadn't been done in 20 years, record wise, but the fact that he did it with the backdrop of everything that was going on, that makes it even more remarkable. Again, the job that Heifel has done.
2: It is impressive. And, you know, I've probably said it with you guys before, but. I thought the one thing that was interesting when Heupel was hired with all the roster attrition was this offense levels the playing field. Yep. It's such a, a potent offense that even if there's a talent gap, it can overcome some of that. And that's why you saw some of those, those bowl wins at, at UCF. And that's been proven now. But Heupel also, they developed talent. And I think all of this, the backdrop to all of it, and the impressive part of all of it is it just became a positive culture. In the Tennessee locker room, it, it didn't seem like Heupel and his staff were ever going to allow the departures and the NCAA stuff or anything to affect the, the culture they wanted in this program. And you've seen guys buy into that. Um, you've seen the way that players have talked and approached things change. Um, players that were recruited by Pruitt and, and were part of that that staff and that group really bought into that. And so you saw there was a no excuses for this mentality, but also a positive nature behind that. And everyone seems to be rolling in the same direction. And I think what you're seeing at Tennessee is the exact product of when everyone's on the same page and feels good about being on that same page.
3: Yeah, they sure certainly seem to. Uh, Mike Wilson, our guest, Knoxville, New Sentinel, talking falls here on the second day of January,
1: 2023. Well, Mike, I don't know if this is true or not, but a buddy of mine told me this, so I, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong. UT has beat six of the last seven national champions Ooh. this season. If, if that's true, like, what, what does that mean to you when you hear that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds wow. cool. But they weren't in the national championship, though.
2: <laughs> well, they definitely beat three of the recent ones, right? Because Georgia, okay. or, uh, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, three of those. So, yeah, it's three of the last four right there off the jump. Okay, it. Gotcha. So potentially six or seven as well because Bama wins all the time. Um I mean, it's good. It's good for Tennessee to show momentum in that direction. Mm-hmm. To say that not only are they consistently outperforming the Missouris and uh, Kentuckys of the SEC, but they're beating the Floridas. They beat Alabama. They beat LSU. Like, they're, just, they're not beating just the bottom half of the SEC. They're going out there and beating the top tier. And that's what you have to do if you ever want to be in the conversation for playing Atlanta in the SEC title game, and reaching you know, the, the four-team playoffs certainly. But you're going to have to win games like that to reach that 12-team playoff as well. And Tennessee has a tough schedule year in and year out because of those cross matchups with Bama. And you've got Georgia, you've got Florida, you've got those teams every year. But they've now shown they can go out there and beat those teams. And that's exactly what you have to be able to do. But it's not what Tennessee has done in a long time.
1: No doubt about it. We're on with Mike Wilson with the Knoxville News. I have to ask you, uh, what was your favorite or favorites, uh, I guess, uh, moments uh, all season uh, during the uh, the ball season this year? There's some memorable moments, I would say.
2: Uh, it was my attempt to survive on the field after the Alabama game.
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> That's the, when that, you that, wanted to start with like the, the goal right? and everything yeah. else uh, moving around to the stadium, to the river and everything.
2: Yes, yeah, but it was, it was more so that me, not a smart person, was in front of the student section at the end of that game for the field goal. Um, oh. And that situation happens fast <laughs> uh, with people coming on the field. And what was so crazy, I kind of moved toward the field, but I didn't want to end up in the middle. That just seemed like a nightmare scenario. So, like, I kind of moved out, but at the same time, you got Alabama players running across at you. Tennessee players are kind of running in random patterns and behind you is just coming this onslaught of students. And it is a moment that I never want to be a part of again. I'm going to hide in a different corner if that ever happens again. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that entire night, um, I remember saying in the, the press box elevator before the game to, to one of the elevator attendants, like she was asking me, I thought about the game. And I said, the crazy thing is no matter what happens in this game, it's going to be chaos. Like, win or lose, this seems to end in chaos, and it was beyond what I could have imagined. Um, but that, that entire night, yeah, following the field goal posts, the field rush, that, that's one of those games I'll talk about for the rest of my career, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, man. Well, expectations going into next year, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has to feel like they should be in the mix as, as a top 10, top 15 team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just with guys returning, I think Joe Milton's performance against Clemson cements them in that conversation, just because you, you need to know who that quarterback's going to be in Heifel's offense to feel good about what Tennessee can be. And now I think you do know that. You, at least you know who the guy should be going into next season. So there's going to be skill players uh, that rise up. There's surely going to be some portal guys, especially, at, I'd say, at wide receiver. Tennessee will go out and grab a couple game changers there. But, yeah, I think Tennessee feels good about where they're at, but you've got to be talking about that team again as competing for an SEC championship. And that goes through Georgia. It's going to continue to go through Georgia. But Tennessee beat Florida, which is going to be in that mix. South Carolina's on the rise, too. But, yeah, I think Tennessee has to feel that they can compete for that division title next season, just like they felt this year.
3: The nutty thing is, if you're a Vols fan, you know, you're always trying to get in the championship mix. 12 teams. I mean, you're in the top 10. You're basically Mm -hmm. guaranteed. Think about this. He has them poised to be a perennial top-ten team. A perennial top-ten team might mean you're in the playoff every year now.
2: Which is wild to think about just because, again, you know, yeah. we talked about the Jeremy Pruitt stuff earlier. That's little more than two years ago this time. That was you know, mid to late January. And now we're sitting here talking about Tennessee entering the season as a top-ten team. Uh, you're talking about them having an 11-win season, beating Clemson, beating Alabama it's, it's almost hard to wrap your head around at points when you think about how recently all of that was, but yeah, that again, it really does speak to, to what Josh Heupel has built and been able to do so far.
3: Well, I know football season's over. Uh, I know you're excited to be covering basketball. People need to jump on the follow Twitter train for you at, uh, by Mike Wilson or anywhere they can send the Knoxville new Sentinel because, uh, Attention turns to Rick Barnes and the crew now after a fantastic football season. Mike, happy new year to you. Thanks for the time and uh, thanks for always answering the
2: phone when we call. Uh, I, would, I don't answer it for everyone, but I will always answer <laughs> for you guys.
3: Thank you, sir. Glad you made it Appreciate through that, Alabama, that Alabama Melee unscathed and we still have you with us. Thank you,
2: Mike. Yes, you guys. Appreciate you.
3: Yes, sir. The one Take and care. only Mike Wilson. When we come back. Mike Rabel, news conference earlier today. The biggest thing he said, of course, he's going to go with Josh Dobbs as starter. He said something else I thought was really interesting that I want to ask Blaine about. Like, really, really interesting. And then I've got a number to back up the interestingness of it. I'll explain it all next. Oh, interesting.
2: Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same
3: old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am,
0: our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us?
3: Back to the usual, I
0: guess. Ma'am, can you not see us?
3: Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost. Get found. Get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. me 104.5 is zone. Scoreboard, barn, grill. That's where we are. The zone's going to be here all day until 6 o'clock. You can swing by. You can eat
1: just anything. Anything you get here is great. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and make sure you, uh, you know, get here because Kirby like, like eating everything. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. He's at hot, cold, everything in between. He loves it all. This is his neck of the woods. Kirby
3: is here. Do you see Kirby? Joe Hunk is here. CJ and Lucas is still here eating. He's eating the food that Ron yeah. Slay wouldn't eat because yeah. uh, it was too hot. Ron seems very happy yeah. now with his current order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your food is too hot, they have the coldest beer in Nashville. It's just convenient like that. You can try oil, fire, whiskey while you're here. The slogan, you'll like it and she'll love it. So bring her and see what that's all about. You can also register to win a bunch of great prizes, including a big tailgate package for the Pro Football Championship game, the big bowl, you know, at the end of the year. If you win, you can have your own private viewing party for 20 of your closest family and friends, and they'll all be jealous because you can tell them scoreboard hooked you up with the best that there is. So Mike Rabel today hooked us up with some knowledge. He said that, Josh Dobbs is going to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> that, that was the knowledge. <laughs> that was part of it. Well, he didn't admit it a couple days ago when he spoke. He, he, you're right. You're he right. just he came out not. and said it today.
1: You know what? I, that's a be, that's another poll question. Will Malik Willis get in this game? Will we see both Dobbs and Malik Willis? I think we will. I think we will. Maybe not in a quarterback position as far as Willis, but maybe just kind of like how the Texans used Boy. Driscoll you know, and Mills. I don't know. You, you think you can throw a slant to, to Willis, I think you can. I think you throw a hitch pass and he can go run. Why not? like a great change up curveball right there. I like it first time they'll get to see it too. All right, we'll put that out of uh yeah, blade yeah, yeah. I hope hopefully uh is has listening to me because I know he listens to me so much, you know that he takes me up you know on all my advice that I give him.
3: hundred percent he's listening. He knows what time yeah, it is yeah right
1: <laughs>
3: uh, he did say this He. Had a press conference at the end of last week and got asked about David Long, and he had essentially said um, that, you know, yes, and I'll have to find the exact quote, but essentially it made me believe, like, oh, they're going to open up David Long's. He said, hopeful to open the 21-day window of practice for David Long to return, see if he can play versus Jacksonville. Well, today got asked, and he said he wasn't sure, not sure. They have 22 people on IR right now. 22. Now, some aren't coming back, like a Taylor Lewan or Harold Landry. Some can't come back because they haven't missed three games. But I'm just really interested. If he doesn't come back, I mean, you could bring somebody back if they're okay to come back. They only got one more game. But I'm just real curious what they're going to do if David Long, for some reason... They, they just can't get him ready
1: to go. Cause they could bring somebody back. Of the- well, I'm okay with, I mean, I, I know Long is, is the better linebacker. You always want your best players, but he may not be at his best yeah. coming back out of an injury. And I, I thought Gibby and Monty Rice and all the guys who have been actually playing, uh, the last two or three weeks uh, have done a fairly decent job. Uh, I, so I, when I say that, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose games for you. Uh, but you always want your best players. So, I, you know, when you say stuff like that, even like with Fulton and Hooker, you're not sure those guys are going to be ready. You're hoping, but you always want to get a week of practice with them, which is really in this, you know, position that they are with the extra time, you know, two or three days and see how they respond to practicing and see if they fill up to the game intensity. Cause that's one thing you can't duplicate in practice is the intensity level that goes with a game and how hard you're going to be playing and how fast you're actually going to be running. So especially when you're talking about groins and, calves and hamstrings so those things you just never know and i would be counting on the guys that are practicing for me as a coach i'm gonna go with the guys who are practicing day in and day out and they fare fairly well i mean i thought dr Gibby and monty rice played really well now did they make some young people mistakes yeah of course uh, but that's okay i can live with that going balls to the walls and they're playing hard uh and uh i think they'll continue to grow and learn and then actually we're gonna look at maybe this, this may be our starting lineup or maybe our backups. It doesn't matter. These guys can actually play in some pivotal moments and critical moments uh, against some good teams that, you know, determining games yeah. if we go to the playoffs. So, as much as I, you know, hope Long and Hooker and Fulton are out there on the defensive side, I think we're pretty sure Archery and Big Jeff are coming back. But, I think, I think we're fine. So the desperation and, and, and here's how the coaches think. I'm not thinking about how many is on the, the IR or how many I can bring back. I'm thinking about working with the guys I got. Yep. And then the guys who are practicing will see where they are at compared to the other guys. And if I feel comfortable that they can play at the level we need them to, then I'll, I'll dress him and start him or maybe he's in a backup role or part time playing role, whatever role you think they can, can, you know, help your team. Gibby and Monty Rice had twenty-three tackles. In that yeah, they game. they look good. man. that was one of my. Oh, that's right. You weren't here Friday. You need a day off uh, there by the mixer. But yeah, I talked about how I really liked the way Gibby and Monty Rice. I thought Monty Rice had a couple key reads misses, but it was being overly aggressive. Not necessarily anything other than that. Those you can fix. Game fix aggressiveness, and Dr. Gibby was acting like a veteran out there. To me, he was up there shouting out instructions, changing plays, and everything else. I love that because I I like playing with smart football players and they can think real quick, quick thinkers like that. So, uh, you know, sometimes when you're even a doctor like Gibby, (laughs) that doesn't mean just because you're smart in the classroom doesn't mean you can be a quick thinker on the football field. So some people get it confused thinking just because you're smart in the classroom doesn't mean you're going to be smart on the football field, and that's not true. And he kind of overlaps on both of those, so it's pretty cool to see.
3: Gibby and Monty, uh, well, whoever's riding, they ride into Jacksonville. Saturday night. Actually, the uh, game is going to be Saturday night at 7.15. We all found out last night about 10 o'clock. That's yeah. when the NFL picked the game time for that, uh, that particular contest. So, uh, yeah.
1: So, so we'll, we'll see, uh, Ron Slade in, uh, out there party to the tardy at 7.15 at the, at the bridge building. Well, it'll probably be like more like five o'clock. What, what time it be? Four or five? What's in away game? Four. He yeah. said four. Oh, no, an, no, I just want him to be out at the bridge building no, by I, himself. I, I, want, I want him to be there because he's still going to have a party there. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm getting at. See, that's, a, he's still going to have a party. Yeah, everybody go, go to the bridge building to see Ron Slade. Uh, that, that's where we're going to be tailgating partying at. Well, you go, uh, are we going to be at scoreboard? Where are we going
3: to be, Ryan? Let's just come back to scoreboard. That's where we're going to be for another hour party in today, and then three HL will <laughs> I party here I <laughs> until six o'clock. Today. And Ron was like, oh, oh my gosh, I got to set my schedule. <laughs> I got to go to the bridge building. No, you're okay, Ryan. That oh, that's not, in not, a way, not, this, for, not this week. <laughs> come on out, join us at the scoreboard bar and grill again. We will be here until three, and then three HL will be here three to six. We would love to see you.